Blog Talk Radio. Original one. 
undermines your ability to understand or perceive any changes that take place in society. So I thought it was a very interesting uh, article. It's not a first article, it's an article among many uh, articles that are being published in terms of this, um, this in terms of this, this, this medical condition. But in any event, I want you to check this out, Brother Africa, because I thought it was somewhat interesting in terms of the potential or, or the possibilities as relate to, you know, the struggles that we are uh, currently waging or up against, you know, here in America. Now, in reading an article entitled "Scientists Establish Link Between Religious Fundamentalism and Brain Damage," it left me contemplating the rise of popularism in the West and the role of cultural adherence. Normally, one would think class interests would override cultural manipulation using cultural issues like immigration, critical race theory, and gender issues. <clears throat> However, these issues have galvanized support for government policy that disadvantages the majority of the population. This propensity to support government policies that's in opposition to self-interest renders class analysis feeble, while at the same time bringing into question why would anyone embrace policy ideology or laws that reinforces inequality, particularly among poor working and uh, working class individuals. Now, before I address this question, I will preface statements by pointing out the correlation between religious fundamentalism and brain damage applies to religions across the board. Previously, I had a discussion with a Nigerian Muslim woman who supported stoning of women alleged to have had extramarital affairs. My, my position was, why didn't the male co-participant receive the same sentence because the objective of law, aside from fairness, is to prevent future reoccurrences? The woman vehemently proclaimed the punishment was just, despite the fact the male is free to commit same actions in the future. Obviously, the laws were not designed to dissuade such behavior, but to promote the chastity of women, placing women beyond the bounds of human expression, Back in the human frailty provided to men. Also, we should keep in mind fundamentalism and brain damage connotes a different way to perceive social phenomena, not an indictment of the of the of those through no fault of their own, inherit a prefrontal cortex that's ill-equipped to perceive subtle changes and to incorporate those changes into decision making. Lastly, I am often skeptical of science. Historically, his, <coughs> excuse me, history demands it. Historically, Africans free and slavery were considered mentally ill. Gryptomania was a medical term used to describe Africans fleeing brutality and terror. Recently, the American Medical Association disclosed hormonal imbalances is not the cause of depression in people. And despite this disclaimer, pills are still being prescribed for depression. Now to the subject at hand. Now the journal Neuropsychological recently disclosed religious fundamentalism and impairment of the prefrontal cortex may be partly responsible for conservatism and questionable decision-making. Prefrontal cortex functions contains cognitive flexibilities, openness, which involves curiosity, creativity, and open-mindedness. Religious fundamentalism refers to an ideology that emphasizes trad traditional religious texts, rituals that discourages progressive thinking about religion and social issues. Both variables in extreme and combination invariably creates a conservative mindset uncomfortable with change that perceives change as a threat to conservative worldview. This worldview is also encapsulated in religious doctrine that reinforces resistance to change and a strict allegiance to others in the group. 
Recently, the Marymouth University released a poll about the impact of the January 6th hearings on Capitol Hill. The poll found a 4% decrease in the number of Trump supporters who felt Trump played a role in the January, in the January 6th riots. The numbers went from 42 to 38%. Also, the poll noted 23% of Trump supporters ignored the hearings on Capitol Hill. Loyalty from Trump base is difficult to, to fathom, given Trump's tireless pursuit of policies to enrich, to enrich the wealthy. Through tax cuts totaling close to $2 trillion that oversaw one-tenth 1% of the population enjoyed tax cuts greater than 50% of all U.S. wage earners. Despite capital gains tax rates that saw one-tenth 1% enjoy a 20% cut in taxes, while middle-income individuals saw a 15% cut in taxes, this disparity did not impact Trump supporters' thinking. According to CNBC survey in 2018, Trump's handling of the economy increased six points to 51% of the citizens, thinking the economy had improved under Trump, despite economic indicators' negative decline. Trump embraced a corporate agenda or rights, oversaw an increase in inequality and unemployment that negatively impacted his base. Despite media summation that exposed the economic risk of lost revenue to the tune of $98.6 billion over a decade from tax cuts, his supporters were pleased. His supporters across the economic spectrum embraced Trump in no small, strong measure, strong, small measure to claims of making America great again. While that, the claim of making America great again echoes times of legally sanctioned racism and classism, it, it does allude to possibilities in terms of the New Deal. The reality is white support for Republicans has been growing since Bill Clinton's presidency. Much of Republican support through racial, ethnic resentment, immigration, and economic insecurities. Ironically, the insecurities white, whites enumerate <coughs> other groups are not the sources of their discontent. Feelings of reverse discrimination or immigrants taking available jobs are platitudes employed by elites to facilitate division. The, the source of discontent lies with government, not with others. The real question is, why so many conservative whites embrace such rhetoric? Statistics suggest these views are hardwired in conservative worldviews. If such views arrive at legitimacy from perception outside any quantifiable <laughs> information, then such views, rationales, could only be substantiated by a cultural interpretation of the world, not a class analysis understanding of the world. Cultural representation of the world exists as ideas. And just supposing the idea of culture versus class, damage to the prefrontal cortex is instructive. Class gives us a clearer picture of inequality in society, that, that, but culture does not recognize class relevance from a fundamentalist perspective. Without some type of class analysis, fundamentalisms are susceptible to political manipulations from elites, legitimizing policies that contribute to the harm of society and further economic deterioration. What it means to engage fundamentalism in a language that, that they understand into, in, into discourse for, for progressives is very difficult. The fact cultural issues resonate with many <coughs> working class rights, conservative worldviews, and that class analysis may well reflect the impaired functioning of the prefrontal cortex. Fortunately, extrapolation affords many of us the opportunity to deconstruct beliefs to access the correctness of ideas by cognitively rejecting ideas that are disingenuous, but which may be difficult for others 
to discern. Just to be objective, social conditioning could well create emotional conditions that impede open-mindedness or recollection or historical events. Geographically, in the U.S., conservative race state populations tend to, res to reside in areas less populated, about three-fifths of the population. Conversely, blue states and the more progressive states tend to live in highly populated areas, about three-fifths of the population. Obviously, more rustic social living where housing is spaced apart is likely to utilize the church as the center of social, social and cultural life and more likely to insert influence over its par parishioners, ultimately the entire community. In the South, concentration of churches per capita is roughly 15 churches per 10,000 residents, and its influences are very powerful. No longer too content to maintain separation between church and state, many leaders of fundamentalist churches are engaged politically advocating for parity between the institutions of the church and political institutions of the state. Part of achieving powerful fundamentalism is the destruction of political change and rolling back tradition that diminishes the church power. Of course, in America, there can only be one legitimate religious institution, the Christian church. All others must go. Attainment of fundamental objectives with the help of politicians and very conservative jurists on the Supreme Court, it is likely fundamentalism will prevail. With parishioners incapable of critically analyzing church's position, bad things under the context of religion will surely ensue. Damage to the prefrontal cortex would only compound fundamentalism's excesses, and we should all be concerned. And I close with that, Brother Africa. Thank you, Brother Haki. We next make a transition to Brother Anthony, and we'd like to welcome him to Africa on the Move. Welcome, Brother Anthony. Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, uh, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Our objective is Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Thank you, Brother Anthony. And following Brother Anthony, we now will bring in Brother Moses, and we would like to welcome him as well to Africa on the Move. Welcome, Brother Moses. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice. My name is Robert Andrew Moses. I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism during a government class back in my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there's one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao Zedong is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. And we don't reverse correct verdicts. I'm pro-choice, and I vote. Women hold up half the sky. Therefore, I'm for the Equal Rights Amendment, E-R-A-S. And the struggle continues to be to unite the many to defeat the few. And this is a, a lot easier said than done. But we have to recognize our commonalities and unite around our working class roots. And this is our mission. Thank you, Brother Africa, for allowing me to be on the show. Always an honor, Brother Moses, and we thank you for your contributions on our weekly program. And next, I believe we have with us Sister Eleanor. We're going to bring her in, 7236. Sister Eleanor, welcome to Africa on the Move. Thank you, Brother Africa, and good evening to uh, fellow panelists, to you, Brother Africa, and to our listening audience in the United States and abroad. 
I'm looking forward to an exciting show. There have been many developments this month, including, as we know, the water crises in Jackson, Mississippi, which mirrors the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. Thank you, Brother Africa. I look forward to a wonderful show this evening. Thank you, Sister Eleanor, and to our listening brother, to our listening panel, our listening audience, our listening listening friends and supporters. This is Africa on the Move. is under the direction of the African Wedding Association. You can hear us every Sunday evening from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Spread the word. Join us. This year, we want to increase our listenership, and the only way we can do that is by asking you to help participate, help spread the word. We tell people to tune in at 7 p.m. where we we can give you some news that you can use. So on that note, right now, we're going to take a revolutionary culture break. And when we come back, we're going to open up to the discussion and the segment of what's going on in your world and the community. You can join us by dialing in at 323-679-0841. This is Africa on the Move. Let's go. 
by helping someone today. You may also be helping yourself. And enjoy yourself while you can. That's not to take anything for granted. Enjoy yourself while you can. Those are some words of wisdom and advice for today. We will also like to let you know that on this particular day, back in 1976, the U.S. and South Africa adopted a strategy to divert the revolutionary movements of South Africa and Swaziland in 1976. Just a little bit of little history facts as it relates to your people or something significant uh, that took place in your historical past. And again, not only did the U.S. and South Africa divert it to uh, trickery, which sort of reflects our thing today, trickology and the virus game. But uh, this is something they have done ever since their first encounter of Africa, African people. So be mindful of that. At this point in time, again, we'd like to welcome everyone back to Africa on the Moon. We now go into our first sec- sec- segment, which is what's going on in your world and the community. You can join us by dialing in at 323-679-0841, hit 1, and we will acknowledge your last four numbers. So right now, with our political panelists and analysts, we'll start off with Brother Aki and ask him what's going on in his world and the community. Brother Aki, what's going on in your world and the community? Education is very, very important. You know, if education education is the key in terms of mobility, it's the key to survival, then one of the things that is certainly very problematic in the context of American society is that increasingly people are not having access to education. So not only is that problematic, but it has repercussions for the economy at large. So one has to ask the question, if, in fact, lack of education leads to destruction of the economy, then why do powerful elites continue to embrace such policies? But in any event, I want you to check this out, Brother Africa. Now, the deterioration of educational expenditures did not begin with COVID-19 lockdown, but can be traced to government policy to reimburse states in the 1980s with switch from revenue sharing based upon the needs of states to block grants that saw a precipitous decline in monies allocated for education grades 1 through 12. However, education allocations for university-level education actually increased according to the Department of Education records. This switch in government financing was in, no sm- was in no small part result of state leaders who wanted the right to prioritize, prioritize their budgets to, to budgets free of government concerns that did not take into consideration state's traditions or reward punishment structures in place to ensure compliance to state institutions that gave states their legitimacy. Undergirding states' claims of legitimacy was the role of education. Normally, education is considered an indispensable right for people, but at the same time, maintaining or holding on to power can complicate the state's ability to maintain order if too many people are educated. Roger Freeman, a Reagan advisor, revealed the right wing's motivation for tax on education for decades to come, and he said this in the 60s, is directly responding to government's intrusion that sees education as a right. Other conservatives chimed in stating actions of educating too many may produce dangerous class situations by raising expectations of working class and in the process raise expectations that the federal government 
could or would increase expenditures to ensure all people, irrespective of ethnicity, class, or gender, have access to quality education. Now, the question of quality education resonated huge with state leaders. Content to rely on financing schemes that conflated property values to funding of education saw poor communities disadvantaged by a system that heaped loads of money on privileged educational districts, while poor districts merely subsisted. This should be noted, constitutional requirements does, do not mandate quality education for all, only that in education, substandard or otherwise. For state leaders, the fundamental right to education across class lines were viewed as problematic. Growing awareness among the masses, government had the means to address educational shortcomings and the facilitation of quality education for those undeserving communities served as a wake-up call for state leaders. Strategies were employed justifying decreasing state expenditures for education. The danger of providing an educated, an educated proletariat, as Freeman would say, have to be uh, had to be averted at all costs. Criteria establishing who would be beneficiaries of a good secondary, post-secondary education were in the process of being procured, but were complicated by socioeconomic changes sweeping the nation. Groups advocating for political change compelled federal institutions to address discrimination in the housing market. In 1968, the Fair Housing Act highlighted housing discrimination. By 1988, the Fair Housing Amendment Act saw an increase of Africans moving from the cities to the suburbia. With the move to suburbia came an increase to to, to amenities, especially well-funded schools with the latest books and up-to-date technology. This encouraging of undesirables only confirmed to state leaders that the push to ensure only those deserving of a quality education had more work to do. One of the strategies devised would be a reduction in public school teacher salaries. According to The Hill, salaries of teachers declined on average 3% between 2010 and 2021. The Bureau of Labor Statistics states teachers are paid 5 to 18 percent below the national average of $65,000 per year. Between 1996 and 2021, the average weekly wage for teachers increased by only $29. Conversely, comparing private school teacher salaries reveals a marked contrast. On average, teachers make between $43,000 to $113,000 to start. Earning capacity for these teachers exceeds $250,000 a year. Now, juxtaposing federal policy offered by Trump using public dollars to fund private schools greatly increases private schools' access to funds. In addition, private schools are free to discriminate. Guess where students deserving a quality education will end up? Public schools or private schools? Private schools or private schools? Recently, President Biden approved a plan to reduce student loans by ten dollars to $20,000 for those who qualify. The conservatives have been adamant reducing student debt for the irresponsible is unconscionable. Characterized as freeloaders, conservatives are really what conservatives are really saying is that these qualifying for debt reduction are the same people undeserving of an education in the first place. Conservatives would say whites on average owe $28,000 after graduation from a four-year program, while Africans own on average $53,000 in this coming from the Brookings Institute. Statistics underscores the disparity of wealth systematically constructed to ensure attainment of wealth was denied Africans. Hence, borrowing from education is the only available avenue. Borrowing from wealthy families is less likely an option. In addition, states' cuts to higher education to the tune of $6.6 billion has seen an explosion in tuition for 
institutions two to four years. <coughs> the 2008 subprime debacle was the catalyst for higher education cuts, which continue to decrease, decrease to this day. Another report points out, on average, 48% of African students owe 12.5 more than they had borrowed, while 83% of white students owe 12% less of what they borrowed. Clearly, the marketplace poses its own discrimination. But the online assumption education should not be afforded Africans persists. The assumption that an educated African presents an existential threat to the system is continually reinforced by systems of reward and punishment structures. Interestingly, interestingly enough, the reward-punishment structure revealed itself relatively quickly. Mississippi was the first state to impose taxes on student debt forgiveness. Student debt would have been a benefit to, to Mississippi's economy, but by reducing the debt not only impacted the state's economy, but the means to control by keeping students indebted. Without proper punishment in place, or in other words, more debt, odds increases the education these students receive receive will be used to resist their monetization and the rewards earmarked <laughs> to the main of whites will become increasingly useless or meaningless. All archetypes proclaiming inferiority of others based on skin color are invalidated every time the African completes higher institutions of learning. The irony is when stereotypes are dispelled, it lays bare the inner workings of a system that orchestrates social conditions precisely to curtail intellectual curiosity. In the context of capitalism, the creation of emotional blockage using propaganda in people not only stunts academic brilliance, but contributes to the acceleration of the decline of the system itself. The educated polemic should be to eliminate such strategy and poor strategies that, that celebrates genuinely educating everyone with quality education. And I'll close with that, Brother Africa. Thank you, Brother Haki. And from Brother Haki, we're going to Brother Anthony and ask the question. What's going on in your world and the community, Brother Anthony? Uh, um, I have uh, some sad information to share. Um, Frank Valgara, a founder of Pro Libertad, Libertad, uh, an organization uh, that's uh, struggling for Puerto Rican independence from the U.S. made his transition last week. And uh, his wake uh, was yesterday. Uh, uh, And um, as I indicated, uh, he's he's a founder of Pro Libertad, and uh, he uh, succumbed to uh, cancer. Uh, also, um, uh, just a moment. Uh, let's see, uh, Joe Biden, uh, extended the, uh, uh, the, uh, Trading with the Enemies Act at least until, uh, 2023 and this is an act that uh that doesn't allow uh you know u.s uh 
uh, entities, based entities, to do business with Cuba. And uh, that's been extended uh, for another year. What can you say? They must be inconsistent. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Next, we will follow behind Brother Anthony. We'll bring in our Brother Moses, and we'd like to ask him what's going on in his world and the community. Welcome, Brother Moses. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. Uh, It's been an interesting week. I was going to read something from Socialism, Utopian, and Scientific, but I, I changed my mind. Uh, the 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 capitalist mode of production is is grave digging its own doom uh, with the increasing amount of workers and a unionization of workers and a growing class consciousness of workers, and this is a good thing because the, because sooner or later the workers will take up the the issue of capital and uh, see that they are wage slaves and that there is a better world possible. Um, Donald Trump is still having rallies, I think in Pennsylvania last night, uh, still trying to whip up fascism and playing on the backward sentiments of the people, the most racist, uh, sentiments and um, we have to counter that uh, this is this week this is nothing extraordinary stands out in my mind uh, uh, I need to refresh refresh uh, my understanding of what's going on I guess I'm listening to more news but um, that's about that's about it right now. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And we now will bring in Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, what's going on <laughs> in your world and the community? Well, it's been a very busy week. Continue to watch the uh, crises in Venezuela with the uh, um, Argentinian government having seized uh, Venezuelan property. And in particular this week, we see the crises with water in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, it uh, mirrors the crises in Flint, Michigan. And as we know, water has become the new gold, the new oil. So uh, we see, um, I see an urgency for uh, municipalities, cities, states, to make sure that the water remains a public utility, a public resource as a basic human right. We see that in uh, Flint, Michigan, where the water crisis uh, continues and uh, more than 123 people have lost their lives to cancer and other disease as a result of the water disaster that Nestle's continues to sell water that it uh, pumps 600,000 gallons a year from Everett, Michigan, and bottles it at a dollar a bottle it sells to Michigan. 
while in uh, Jackson, Mississippi this week, we see the National Guard, uh, FEMA, and the state uh, working with Jackson to address the issue of a failing infrastructure. And I think it's no coincidence that this is a city, a predominantly black city, a city of, as we say, African people, as is Flint. So we see racism raising its ugly head uh, in the United States, and we see the expansion of sanctions uh, against um, Venezuela, um, Cuba, and Nicaragua in full effect. And the Cuban people continue to suffer due to a lack of uh, economic resource. We also, uh, economic access. We also saw that uh, this week uh, we decided to, oh, not we, but the United States government uh, decided uh, in cooperation with the EU that they would uh, lower the value of Russian uh, oil and gas to commodity prices. And that's considered a a sanctioning against Russia. In addition, um, the Russian people still lack access to the Black Sea and their Navy. And the U.S does not allow for the free press to report on these issues while the largest human tragedy on earth uh, continues to be an Asian tragedy with uh, Israeli apartheid, um, hunger in Afghanistan and the lack of fuel and the Saudi war against the nation of Yemen, where nearly a half a million people have died. So those are the things happening this week in my world, as well as an interesting article that I received today uh, that the U.S. wants Argentina to seize Venezuelan planes over sanctions and that an Argentina judge, Federico Valencia, has ordered that only 12 of 19 seized Venezuelan plane crew members can leave the country, while the other seven have been ordered to remain there. Washington asked Argentina on Tuesday, August 2nd, the seas of Venezuelan cargo planes that had been parked since June on on Venezuelan soil and is linked to the U.S. sanctions against Iran. The plane had 19 crew members at a Buenos Aires airport since it arrived on June 8th carrying a shipment of auto parts. The Boeing 747 was sold to the uh, Intasu subsidiary of the Manhattan Air in October of 2021. 
the two countries had signed, that is, uh, Venezuela and Iran had signed a 20-year cooperation plan as a way to overcome the sanctions imposed against them by the United States. Both the previous Iranian owner of the Boeing 747 as the Venezuelan owner of the plane have been sanctioned by the U.S. for different reasons. The U.S. Department of Justice used a pretext to justify its request for Argentina's confiscation of the plane. According to the AFP, Argentina, Frederico Valencia, has ordered that only 12 of the 19 crew members um, on the plane uh, can leave, but seven others, including four Iranians and three Venezuelan citizens, were ordered to stay in Argentina. One of the Iranians that are ordered to remain in Buenos Aires is Golam Riza Kasimi, which the U.S. alleges is an um, ex-IRGC member as alleged in the seizure warrant in uh, uh, in order around October uh, and and uh, the as alleged in the seizure warrant in order around October 2021 Manhan Air violated the temporary denial order and US export control laws when it transferred custody and control of the Boeing aircraft to Intrasure without U.S. government authorization. The U.S. Department uh, uh, of Justice claims in a statement uh, that uh, this is a violation uh, that Intrasue violated U.S. laws or Intrasue intrasue violated U.S. laws. Furthermore, Assistant Attorney General Matthew Olson said in a statement, the Department of Justice will not tolerate transactions that violate our sanctions and export laws. The last time another country acted on U.S. orders to seize Iranian cargo was when Greece seized an oil tanker sailing under an Iranian flag on May 26 of 2021. Uh, even though Iran is not under EU sanctions, the crew was kept on board and Iranian diplomats were prevented from visiting the ship until Iran's ambassador to Athens Greece was allowed to check on the crew. This was only after Iran, Iran retaliated against the theft of its cargo by seizing two Greek tankers in the Gulf. So we see that uh, U.S. laws are arbitrary and capricious and wreaking havoc on democracies around the world.
So that's what's been going on in my world this week. Thank you so much, Brother Africa. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. You listen to Africa on the Move. We're going to take a revolutionary culture break, and when we come back, we will continue the discussion what's going on in your world and the community. This is Brother Africa reminding you that, remember, without information, you cannot thank, and without organization, you can't thank clearly. We highly encourage you to join the organization just doing something to help free your people and advance humanity. It is through organization where all things are possible. Don't you forget that message. Again, this is Africa on the move. And if you had all the money in the world, what would you do with it? We'll be right back.
that Africa is the birthplace of mankind. Africans were the first builders of civilization. They discovered mathematics, invented writing, developed sciences, engineering, medicine, religion, fine arts, and built the great pyramids, an architectural achievement which still baffles modern science. The 225th Emperor, 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 direct descent from Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, Sheba, Sheba. He is the King of Kings, the Lion of Judah, of Judah. The name Haile Selassie means power of the Trinity. Educate yourself of Africa. To liberate yourself Africa. Keep your head up high, no more will we cry. Yeah. Our history that they stole, Africa, is written in our souls, Africa. Oldest nation on this earth, know just what you were. I'm on trial with the man, she my co-defendant And I demand her attention, can you focus woman? I'm getting closer to the sky every time I hit it Haji Selassie, power of the trinity Soul made in Niger, my vice made in Italy White man's world that I'm living in some state But it was Africa, the continent we all came from Can't nothing come between me and you So before I have seeds, gotta understand my roots Gotta understand the truth, we is all kings round here Life's not all fair, work till we fall dead All going hard till I earn like a poor bird Although my body's in the U.S., my heart's there I can never be ashamed of her I got my features and my name from her Mama Africa To reach your place and hurt Know just what you're worth Africa. Africa. The science and the arts of Africa. 
Africa Liberate yourself, Africa Keep your hands up Beautiful Lord Africa A legend of the bar Africa Educate yourself, Africa. Liberate yourself, Africa. Unite yourself, Africa. Organize yourself, Africa. Fight for yourself, Africans. Liberate yourself, Africans. Unite yourself, Africans. Organize yourself. Africans, if you try anything, Africans, you will be victorious, Africans. That's the message for today for Brother Africa. We welcome you back to Africa on the Move. We will continue our discussions on what's going on in your world and the community. Right now, we'd like to bring Brother Haki back in. We'd like to have a little dialogue with Brother Haki because during this week, we had an interesting discussion with Brother Aki on human, human um, intelligence, artificial intelligence, in terms of his um, presentation of dealing with Dummy Down America in terms of the education system and how the budgets from recent um, from the recent administration reflect a decline in education from first grade to to twelfth grade, and for increase of money for universities. On one end, they said we're not going to teach the masses, rank and file. And on the other end, they said they didn't pour money into institutions to further miseducate those who think they are getting educated. So, Brother Hakeem, we had a really interesting discussion. We talked about um, the, this whole uh, new game that's being played and being created in artificial intelligence, where they gradually want to take away the memory of human beings when people don't know their history, don't know their past, don't have anything in memory, and you can take away their ability to even think. Can you talk a little bit more about that and share that with our audience from your perspective, Brother Haki? Yeah, sure. Yeah, one of the things we had to understand that, you know, when we talk about the decline of the economy, we have to understand that people who benefit from the economy, as it currently stands, uh, understand there's implicit threats uh, emanating from the masses of people who don't have jobs, who don't have quality education, who don't have home, um, um, housing. So that threat uh, has to be countered. And one of the ways in which you counter that threat is to make sure you, in effect, dumb down the population. So one, certainly one of the things that uh, has been taking place with respect to government institutions and tech industry, uh, in particular the meta, uh, meta, 
is that been a a a a a concerted effort uh to eliminate information which tends to empower which which tends to enlighten the whole point in terms of getting rid of the information that enlightens is to make sure that people don't have access to information and not have access to information people are easy to control also I think one of the things this is very very interesting also is that when we talk about you know these these you know this, this you know this you know this this information uh, being denied people uh it's very very interesting when you go back and you and you review uh let's say you're searching for particular information it's very very interesting irrespective of what you put into the search engine uh information come, pops up that pertains to doesn't that doesn't pertain to anything that you ask and the question inevitably becomes Women, I ask a specific question, but the response that I get is something that's totally unrelevant to what I ask, and that is all by design. And so this is what we fundamentally have to understand. This is all about this is all about you know uh, uh, reinforcing a certain mindset. So if people don't have access access to information, if people have a historical recollection or historical consciousness in terms of what goes on, and in part people go to the to, to the net for the for the sole purpose in terms of bringing themselves up to speed. If people don't have access to the information, then, you know, uh, it's very, very easy to manipulate such a person. And this is what it's all about. This is what we have to fundamentally understand. Uh, one of the things, when you think about, uh, for instance, someone like um, the, the, the president, the CEO of uh, Meta, uh, what is his name, Gutenberg, what is his name? <laughs> um, wait, 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 when you talk about the, the CEO of Meta, and when you talk about him in terms of his relationship, he has with the Congress, and, and when you think about the Congress continually calling him, you know, to Capitol Hill, you know, for discussions, it's a subtle way in terms of making sure that he gets the message that your obligation, your responsibility as a leader in the tech industry is to make damn sure that these people do not get the information that they need. And so what happens is to sort of, um, uh, sort of um, expand on, on that premise uh, uh, the Congress has been creating laws which says that listen, we're going to empower you know these 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 technological these tech industries by creating laws which says that we're going to define in fact what is propaganda and what is not, and so therefore, anytime you critique what's going on in society, it's perceived as propaganda, which gives tech industries the right to eliminate that information. It doesn't matter how legitimate the information is how scientifically appropriate the information is, how historically accurate the information is, the mere fact that the information contrasts or causes the question what's going on in society has to be eliminated. So this is, this is part and parcel of the fact that when we talk about the declining economy, the ruling class got no other recourse but to make sure that information that tends to empower is destroyed. And we have to fundamentally understand that, and we also have to understand the relationship between not having access to information and the growth of fascism. So let us not fool ourselves thinking that in America there'll be no fascism. It's already here. But it's going to increase exponentially. And we have to understand that lack of information plays a big part in terms of formatting uh, fascism in the society, and it's clear that people understand that. You know, it goes to show you that we often say all the time on this program, Information should be a human rights because because without information, if human beings don't have information, how can you think? That's the cornerstone of thinking is information. Even more critically, the type of information you get 
dictates of the, the possibilities of your conception of something. When we talk about wall, wall forms going all kind of ways, and this is one of them. Brother Anthony, do you have anything you'd like to add to what has been recently shared about this whole game of artificial intelligence and this question of digital information technology and how it's being used against the interest in development of the people? Brother Anthony? Yes, uh, I would. Uh, I will concur with all the points that uh, that Haki made, and I would add that uh, that um, that there's a saying that uh, knowledge is power, and uh, without uh, without knowledge, you that you cannot uh, without uh, adequate knowledge, you cannot make correct decisions about uh about your life and your future and so this is a uh a dangerous pred- uh, predicament that we that we find ourselves in because we're not uh we're not organized and uh once we get organized then we can do a better job of politic politically educating each other. And that's critical in order to obtain our liberation. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Sister Eleanor, talk to me. Talk to me, Sister Eleanor. Earlier you stated what's going on in your world and the community that your sanction doesn't even allow uh, Russian people to travel their own seas in the Black Sea. Does that make any sense that a country 25,000 miles away can tell people right in their own shore they can't travel their own seas? How do people justify supporting such such um, reactionary policies and ideas against another group of people who don't have the entitlement to travel their own seas and you are 25,000 miles away from them and you can dictate them, dictate that to them? How does that come off to you, Sister Eleanor? Just the whole idea. I think it's, such existence can, such reality can exist in today's world. I think it's as Brother uh, Haki and Anthony had said. You know, after the Korean occupation, as the U.S. called it, there began to be a dumbing down of America, and we've reached an incredible uh, situation in that we are now have access to social media and uh, so many resources, but we lack the education. We lack the understanding of world geography, both physical and political geography. With the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991, uh, Russia and all the former Soviet countries became independent nations. And the U.S. had been uh, working aggressively to have an ethnic minority, what I believe to be an ethnic minority, the Ukrainians, to uh, decide to declare their independence. And um, we see the impact that that's having. I know very little about Russia, but I always thought Odessa was one of the major Russian cities when we heard of Chernobyl and the crises in Chernobyl, it was a Russian crisis. 
now we're hearing that uh, the Ukraine is a, a, a people struggling for independence. Why did they not assert that independence with the decline of the Soviet Union? How on earth did it become an issue between uh, 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 people, uh, Russian people and Ukrainian people that occupy Eastern Russia to the Black Sea, and suddenly they're, as, as, they're, they're, they're independent. And, and even a, a group of people that voted to retrocede from the Ukraine or any part of it as a state, let alone a nation, in 2014, uh, they are being oppressed, and by Zelensky being called uh, the world amongst the world's greatest terrorists. So we see where misinformation and uh, Brother Haki talked about Zuckerberg and how he's constantly being called to Congress. But at no time has Congress asked him down the websites that teach our youth that the annihilation of children and Africans and Jews is is not something that they're doing for America, but a common crime. And taking those sites down, they're allowed to stay up. And we have the an incredibly misinformed and undereducated population. When we enter our facilities of higher learning, uh, our medical facilities, there are new Americans that are occupying them. Uh, One of the problems with the civil rights movement was there were only two issues or two areas where it addressed um, the former Africans and uh, uh, as the oppressed people in this movement, and that was with voters' rights and affirmative action. So when it comes to equal education, fair housing, many other people from many other nationalities have been able to exercise those things while Africans continue to be isolated. They may have made a leap to the suburbs, but the suburbs that they leaped to, for example, PG County, had a huge exodus of whites. So this is just uh, what we see. And with misinformation and undereducation and uh, a problem with literacy, we see people unable to make reasonable decisions Uh, concerning uh, what would be a correct position on the Russian-Ukrainian situation. So we we find uh, the Russian Navy cut off from the Black Sea, and it's invested billions of dollars in building and maintaining its Navy. But now, um, uh, as a, a a couple of months ago, the ship was blown up, and finally, I believe, the Ukrainians took responsibility. At first, the U.S. media claimed it was Russian incompetence and things of this sort that caused the explosion of the ship and the death of the crew on the ship, when, in effect, uh, it was a act of war.
against the Russian people by the Ukrainian people. So we see mm-hmm. this as I this is a bit of an economic war where we want to uh, assist the EU or what the EU's goal is, is to turn Russian um, resources such as uh, oil and gas into a commodity rather than something that's uh, sold at world prices. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Brother Moses, many, many people will see that the behavior of U.S. capitalism is a behavior of gangsterism, acting as if they're a gangster, which they are, behavior as a pirate, acting as they are pirates, or which they are, and outright they have declared war, look like on most of the whole world, which they have. And I think that's one of the statements that Fidel made, made earlier to the world in reference to the, to change and overcome the hegemony and the power of the U.S. capitalism is each country must be willing to take them on and make that contribution to putting an end to it. Because if you don't come to them, they definitely come to you. Your response to that uh, narrative, Brother Moses, talk to me. Yes, the U.S. government is doing all it can to monopolize the world's resources and to have his will in his way. Uh, it's police in the world, uh, you know, assassinating and uh, rigging elections and doing all kinds of atrocities in order to expand capitalism and its, its markets. Uh, we are... No problem, Moses. We'll get a chance to um, take a break, and we'll come back to you, and we will continue this discussion. What's going on with the community? When we, at this point in time, we bring Brother Haki back in, and the rest of the panelists. Uh, Brother Haki, before we move on from this particular subject area of what's going on now we're in the community, we'd like to talk a little bit about one of the points I think that um, Sister Alnor made about. Biden extending the so-called U.S. terrorist list of keeping Cuba on it. Now, anyone with any common sense, have any kind of sense of history, must ask the question that that man ain't right. How do you maintain, how do you even put Cuba on a U.S.-sponsored terrorist list, understanding its history, its practice, its contribution to push humanity forward? Brother Haki. Why, how in the hell anyone can vote for a man like that? Talk to me, Brother Hackey. Talk to me. I don't understand that. Yeah, well, well, Brother Africa, we've been talking about the, the tremendous amount of confusion in the society. Uh, we're indoctrinated to believe that uh, whatever, uh, whatever the leadership does is in our interest. And in believing that, we fail to understand that a lot of time U.S. foreign policy has nothing to do in terms of the overall interests of the masses of people in society. It has everything to do with the interests of a small uh, cabal, cabal of corrupt individuals that you alluded to uh, who are in control. Uh, one of the things when you talk about you know, defining you know, uh, Cuba as a state-sponsored terrorism, we understand the, the philosophical emphasis behind that. It has, it has everything in the world to do with the fact that, you know, in a society, 
Cuba otherwise, that dare stands up and say there's a different way society can be organized, constitute a threat to capitalism. So we have a situation in America where people don't have access to education, uh, uh, employment, uh, you know, housing, all these things that are vital to the you know, to human aspirations. But yet, in the more so-called richest society on the planet, people don't have access to those things. So fundamentally, there's a real disconnect in terms of what the system professes to be about and what the system actually delivers. So at some, increasingly, I think what's happening, as Brother Moses alluded to, people are beginning to realize there's something fundamentally, you know, at odds or something fundamentally wrong in terms of society. We keep talking about how affluent, how wealthy it is, but then when you look at the overall condition of his people, the conditions are abhorrent. So clearly people are coming to the realization that there's something fundamental wrong with this capitalist system. Well, the capitalists did know there's something fundamental wrong with this capitalist system. In fact, every time you talk about downturns in society, it always has to do in terms of the way capitalism works. Capitalism, by, by design, is designed to rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and fall. There is no continuity. Uh, well, it's, the only continuity is that the wealthy or the one-tenth one, one, one tenth of the percentage of the population should and do have access to all the wealth. That is the only thing that's guaranteed in terms of capitalism. And as a result of that, the one-tenth of one percent of the population have access to all things, particularly when we talk about assets, then it has a very negative impact over the overall, overall function of the overall economy. So the economy can, only, economy, only thing the economy can do is rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and fall. What's the direct relation in terms of in terms of the, the in terms of the uh, the, 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 the flow of, 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 of monies generated by the US government into the pockets of the wealthy, who then in turn buy up all the assets to make it appear as though the economy is actually increasing when the reality is not. Eventually the the, the system catches up with this game, the scheme, and the economy collapses. In the process it starts all over again, which government start putting up more money to give to the wealthy people for the same purpose in terms of, you know, acquiring more assets. So clearly it's a game. And so Cuba is saying that humanity is, is much too important to play these kind of games, that we have a moral in making sure that our people, irrespective of their class standing, have a right to shelter, have a right to food, have a right to quality education. Those things are human rights. In America, in the context of capitalism, we have to understand those things are not fundamentally human rights. And so this is what we don't understand we keep struggling with. We keep insisting that America is, 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 is all about human rights, that America is somehow a democracy. And we've been saying over and over again, America is not a democracy. Repeat after me. America is not a democracy. America is a republic. A republic interest lies with those who are wealthy, those who are the landowners, those who are in control. They reap the benefits, pure and simple. As far as the masses of people are concerned in the context of the republic, they're only to serve the interests of those in positions of power, pure and simple. Once the people who, who, who once the poor are no longer in a position to adequately assist the wealth in, the, in assuming in acquiring wealth, they're expandable. That becomes a unique way in terms. They create unique ways in terms of actually getting rid of getting rid of people. COVID nineteen is part of that process, whether people understand it or not. Uh, so clearly, clearly, brother Africa, uh, this notion in terms of you know calling countries state sponsors of terrorism. When you look at the record, it's very, very clear who the state sponsor terrorism is. It's the United States of America and its Western acolytes, UK, France, specifically. So, the, so, so together, you know, uh, they create a situation which is which is detrimental to humanity generally. Uh, they created situations which which was contribute to not only the destruction of the planet, but ultimately uh, a, a a violent uh, fight between between uh, between you know. Uh, 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 class 
class, different classes, sole purpose in terms of making sure that if you that if you get these people, if you pit these people against one another, working people against one another, then it ensures sh- them at least continue, continuation of power and control. And in, in, in historical terms, you talk about the role of fascism in terms of you know ultimately reaching ahead when you when you actually the government actually maneuvers or manipulates people into fighting each other as opposed to fighting the real power. Uh, so clearly, Brother Africa, um, when the United States calls someone a state sponsor terrorism, understand that the real terrorism comes from the United States and its Western acolytes, and there's, there's no question about that. Brother Anthony, I need to hear your voice. Dr. King says you can't do nothing else. You can holler loud with your voice about injustice. When we talk about administration, talking about standing Cuba on a so-called terrorist list, would they be worthy of any African vote or any just people vote? Not only administration, but even both parties. Your response, Brother Anthony. Talk to me. Talk to me, Brother Anthony. This, they, this is like they a would not be, Make no w- sense to me. They would not. They, they would not deserve anybody's vote that cared about humanity. And I want to add something. Um, I want to uh, pick up on a point, uh, Brother Moses. Uh, made earlier in terms of the uh, or, uh, of the uh, uh, political education of the working class. One of the, uh, one of the things that the bourgeoisie resorted to uh, many years ago uh, was, to di- was to divide the, the working class in the U.S., from the working class movement by uh, creating Labor Day, which, if um, if I recall uh, my understanding of history co- uh, correctly, was created during the Grover Cleveland administration uh, to div- uh, to kind of like separate. Uh, the workers uh, in the U.S. from those around the world who usually co- commemorate their labor struggle on May Day, May 1st, which is the uh, – and the reason why May 1st was chosen is that that was the anniversary of the Haymarket Massacre. Uh, in which uh, workers were fighting for their rights during the 19th century, and uh, and Labor Day was created kind of like as a mechanism uh, to divide the working class in the U.S. from the work from the rest of the working class of the world. I did want to uh, you know make that point. And, uh, you know, that's how uh, Labor Day uh, uh, kind of started. And and it is relevant to the point made about uh, Cuba being uh, placed on top because a lot of people in the U.S. do not understand that. And that is because of the division caused by capitalism. Thank you, Brother Anthony, and to our listening audience. This is Africa on the Move. We're going to take a revolutionary culture break, and when we come back, we're going to make our transition to our theme tonight. We're going to focus on trickology. 
in the virus game. That's right. We said trickology in the virus game. We will discuss that and more when we come back on Africa on the move.
wearing chains, living in pain. Today is the same, and nothing ever changes. Hung by a noose, can't tell the truth, filled with abuse, and everywhere there's danger. How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know I must be strong to last through my journey. Yes, to last through my journey. When we must decide to get off the ride and stop going through these changes. We must prepare and learn how to care, but soon we'll be there while our lives won't be in danger. And when the light is clear, oh, how beautiful I will be to know. That I've been here and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 yeah. made it through my journey, made it through my journey, Reno. A bloodline across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino! You can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights, pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, 
and all the Pelorinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go, everywhere we go. light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be, to know that I've been here, and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 yeah. Back to Africa on the Moon. We will now make our transition to our theme tonight. For the next 20 minutes or so, we will talk about trickology and the virus game. That's right. That's what we're dealing with, trickology and the virus game. Uh, Africa on the Moon is working on developing a university and a discipline where you can get a degree, a Ph.D. in trickology. Once you get your Ph.D. in trickology, you will not be tricked again by U.S. capitalism. We welcome you back with our political panelists and analysts. Let's talk about the virus game. Recently on the show, Phyllis, um, uh, written by or hosted by a former football player, Jason Whitlock, this past week. It was a very interesting um, program talk about the reality of the trickology that taking place and took place as it relates to the so-called um, coronavirus. We will advocate that all those who have not seen me in our program, please go back, Google it, and take a look at it and uh, learn from it. And we'd like to just highlight some important points that many months before and a year ago we've been saying the same thing, but like always, um, we want to reinforce the truth because lies are told 24 hours a day. So in the interest of protecting the public and speaking for in the interest of our people, uh, we want you to believe that you are not deceiving yourself when you hear their stories in the media and something right about the story. So Brother Haki, Brother Anthony, Sister Eleanor, Brother uh, Moses, let's talk a little bit about um, this recent program that took place on Fearless with the host Jason Whitlock. He stated that August 6, 2021 was a very important day. It was a day in which new CDC guidelines did not di- 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 uh, di- di- distinguish between being vaccinated and being unvaccinated. He even made, matter of fact, redefined the concept of uh, this question of vac- being vaccinated or getting a vaccination shot. It no longer means that you will be inoculated or prevent from catching something. Uh, I'll start right there on that point, Brother Haki. Let you come in. We're in. Talk uh, just a little bit about the trickology. And this whole question now, they admitted that there are no difference between taking the vaccination or not being vaccination as it relates to getting the so-called virus and the game that's being played on the people. Talk to me, Brother Haki. Your take. 
Yeah, well, it, it eventually, um, you know, information always, you know, truth always rises to the top eventually. Uh, so this notion in terms of the efficacy of these vaccines has always been in doubt. But the media was very, very strategic in terms of convincing people that, listen, if you take this vaccine, everything's going to be okay. Uh, here lately, you know, there have been numerous examples in terms of people being vaccinated, you know, four or six times in which they end up coming down with the so-called COVID-19. But one of the things, Brother Africa, let me just to provide some historical clarity for people, because I think it's important that people, you know, adequately understand this issue. Let me just run some history because it's important that people understand some of this history, and it, and it is it is pretty very convoluted. But in any event, uh, you know, there's a guy named Marion Koopman, and he was a virologist of the World Health uh, Organization, a virologist, one who's who's, who's uh, investigated viruses. Uh, he talked about the fact in this video called The Plan. He talked about uh, evidence pertaining to the World Health Organization desire. To, to create a, a, a pandemic that would, la- that would last for 10 years, between the years 2020 to 2030. Now, what is interesting is that when you talk about in terms of propensity, in terms of, uh, you, know, you know, proliferation of viruses, uh, there's a, there are a group of individuals who have been working behind the scenes in terms of trying to get people to realize that the so-called virus mandate is nothing more than a, a crime against humanity. For instance, you know, Doctors for Truth out of Spain, or doctors for information out of Germany, or even the World Doctor Alliance, you know, which is a consortium of doctors throughout the world, have been beating the drum in terms of getting people to understand that this this alleged threat of COVID-19 is is no threat at all. In fact, the reality is that the odds in terms of actually coming down with COVID-19 was only like three-tenths of one percent of a point. And so, therefore, the values are more likely that you would take the vaccine to come down with something, you know, uh, that is catastrophic as opposed to not taking it. So, clearly, those are very, very powerful words coming from scientists. These are not lay people. These are scientists that are telling you that this vaccine is bogus. Uh, also, keep in mind, we have to understand that, you know, when we talk about the function of economics, and particularly when we talk about the role of the World Economic Forum, which established, you know, uh, economic policy for the Western world, we got to be very, very clear that there's a concept called the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is all about the question is, what do you do with all these people capitalism no longer has a need for? You've got to find ingenious ways in terms of getting rid of them. Certainly one of the ways in which you get rid of them is the utilization of viruses, which explains the video of the plan when you talk about the World Health Organization plan, desire to create this pandemic between 2020 to 2030. So it's very, very interesting. Uh, but also, you know, when we talk about the uh, deceptive nature of, you know, COVID-19 virus, um, viruses, keep in mind, if we recall through history, you know, Dr. Uh, President Magafula of Tanzania uh, proved that the COVID, COVID-19 virus was a fraud. In fact, what he did was that he provided samples, you know, from animal blood and plant materials to be analyzed for COVID-19. Well, the results came back that, the, that these, these samples contained COVID-19. He knew as a chemist that this notion in terms of COVID-19, in terms of what they were alleging, was bogus. In fact, that's why, you know, he was an advocate against taking those vaccines. Unfortunately, uh, President Makafula died mysteriously, uh, you know, uh, you know in, in confronting, you know, uh, this kind of atrocity being uh, perpetuated, you know, by the Western world, in particular, the America. But I haven't said that, Brother Africa. Let me, let me say this also. I think it's just in terms of when we talk about this history, uh, you know, currently, you know, Moderna is suing Pfizer and BioNTech for patent right infringement. 
Now, interesting enough, when we talk about Moderna, keep this in mind, Moderna never sold a, 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 a product with that kind of specificity uh, before receiving an emergency authorization from the FDA. So in other words, the ability in terms of dealing with that kind of technology, Moderna was relatively new at. And despite that, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, gave them a license to patent vaccines for, for so-called COVID-19. That is very, very interesting. Now, also, you know, one of the things that the suit and one of the reasons for the for the for the for the, uh, the, the to sue this the the pursue with this suit is that Moderna alleges that Pfizer and BioNTech uh, use chemical modifications for COVID messenger RNA. That is very interesting. So, you know, in other words, what they're saying is that uh, these these modifications, you know, of messenger RNA to effectively, you know, uh, enter the cell for the purpose of defeating uh, COVID-19. And interestingly enough, this so-called chemical modifications for messenger RNA was validated in 2015. Here's the irony. The virus, so-called COVID-19, did not come into existence, or people didn't know about its existence until 2020. How do you square that? How do you square that circle? Now, here's the question, of course, how do you mandate uh, a, a, a now, now, in 2015, this messenger RNA, this chemical modification for COVID-19 vaccines was validated in 2015. Well, COVID-19 didn't come on the scene, wasn't known for people until 2020. So five years prior to COVID-19 coming to existence, they already validated a vaccine for COVID-19. How do you square that circle? Also, you know, um, one, of, one, one, also one of the things is that, um, you know, um, <coughs> You know, COVID-19, you know, you know, according to records, uh, was reported to World Health, World Health Organization December 31st of 2019. It declared it, it, a, it declared COVID a pandemic or global health emergency. Now, interestingly, here's the problems. In February 29, in, in the world, there were 47 cases in Europe, only 14 cases in China. Now, here's the problem. If China was the epicenter of COVID-19, how do you explain this 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 this, this diversion of results? How do you explain the fact that there's only 14 cases of alleged cases of COVID-19 in China, but you got 47 in Europe? Now, either this this virus is magical, or these viruses coexisted in both places at the same time. In any event, if that's the case, then clearly that should give people calls for pause in terms of precisely what is going on here. So this notion that the virus started in China, Wuhan specifically, raises a lot of questions in terms of the legitimacy of such a claim. So clearly we got to say there's something fundamentally wrong. Also, during, in, 20, in the year 29, John Hopkins University said that 800, the, uh, uh, the report stated there were 800 infections globally. In other words, the number of infections from COVID-19 allegedly was statistically in a, in a, uh, statistically uh, unimportant. Uh, so we're talking about a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percentage of the population who actually have COVID-19. So you're talking about three. You're talking about four billion people. You're talking about 800 known infections throughout the world. Uh, um, you know, um, suffering from so-called COVID-19. Uh, you know, it's interesting enough that when they declare, you know, COVID-19 a, a, a global health emergency, it's ironic because when you stop and think about something like malaria, tuberculosis, 
they're not even classified as health emer- global health emergencies. So how is this, 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 this relatively unknown so-called virus becomes a, a, a global health emergency? How do you square that circle? Also, in Lancaster, brother, and I'll tell you there's not a clue with this, brother, Africa, but I think it's important, important for people to understand. The question in terms of precisely what is COVID-19, scientists continue, scientists continue to ask that question, what is COVID-19? Uh, you know, one of the things is that we've been told, you know, that COVID-19 is unique and separate. But there are those other scientists who take the position COVID-19 is a, is a byproduct of SARS-CoV-2. Interestingly enough, SARS-CoV-2 been around since 2003. Now, if, in fact, there's a correlation between SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, then you think since 2003 this so-called COVID-19 would have manifested itself by now. So what we're talking about, so we're talking about 17 years later, then all of a sudden there's a correlation between SARS-CoV-2 and the so-called COVID-19. Uh, and here's the thing. Now, if, SARS, if, if SARS-CoV-2 uh, is, in fact, responsible for COVID-19, uh, most scientists, and this is from, from the federal, uh, um, 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 this is from the Center for Disease Control, they say that SARS-CoV-19 could lead to COVID-19. They didn't say it did lead to COVID-19. They say it could lead to COVID-19. Now, if that's the situation, if if uh, if, 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 if SARS-CoV-2 doesn't lead to COVID-19, then the question becomes, what is the antecedent? What is it responsible for the emergence of COVID-19? Scientists have yet to explain why. So when we talk about the bogusness, you know, of this COVID-19, and you put all this together, then it's very, very clear that this whole COVID-19 was contrived. And the question is, why was it contrived? What is the point? Well, it has everything to do with what the World Economic Forum talked about in terms of design, in terms of getting rid of all of these people that you don't have a need for. And certainly one of the ways in which you can do that is certainly dissemination of, of, of viruses uh, in terms of eliminating large groups of people that you no longer have need for. In particular, capitalism no longer has need for so clearly, uh, what the thing is, the brothers, the things that the brother uh, articulated, and in terms of the the, the in terms of the, the effectiveness of vaccine or the non-effectiveness of vaccine, is legit, and it makes sense when you look at the history in terms of the evolution of this virus, and understanding that you know uh, a lot of things that we led to believe in terms of COVID-19 are in fact, when you look at the evidence, are factually not true. So clearly, he had a point in terms of. Uh, the mystery surrounding the so-called effectiveness of COVID-19 viruses, of, of vaccines. You know, Brother Anthony, it reminds me of the old saying that it's like the jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how we keep them going and looking at the various contradictions. And we again advocate for those who haven't seen the program, Phyllis with Jason Whitlock on the virus. Please check it out. Your response, Brother Anthony, it talks about the importance of they changing the, the, the definition of vaccinating. They talk about it's no longer mean to be inoculated to to avoid you from catching something. They talk about since the taking of these shots, there's more death among youth. There's all kind of female problems with women. There are fertility. There are sperm count problems in males. They talk about. All these kind of things is now coming out there is reflected as a result of taking these shots. Speak to your understanding of the issues on why we should be leery and not to take these things. Look at the facts that's coming out. 
they admit it. There's no correlation between taking it and not having it, and you still can catch it. They even um, created from the beginning the narrative that even if you wear the things over your, um, what's it called, the things over your mouth and nose, it doesn't keep you from catching it. The mask. It. Face only mask, keep, yeah. The mask, right. It doesn't keep you from catching it, but only keep you from giving it. Now, we understand the laws of the elected. If it can go in, come from the inside and go out, that means it come from the outside to go in. I don't understand, and maybe you can make some sense to it. If you can't catch it, well, it can keep you from, not from catching it, but it keep you from giving it. I don't understand that. But talk to me, Brother Anthony, what you made or take from this particular oh. program. Okay. Uh, from uh, my, uh, from what I take a, a, away from this particular program is that uh is that uh people uh in addition to the points Haki made uh this also represented a uh a windfall for for the pharmaceutical companies uh in uh in capitalist countries uh and uh, because uh in uh in response uh, to the uh, to this, um, uh, you know, uh, scam, a lot of people were pressured or forced to get vaccinated. And uh, one of the things that was done was the even that they even changed. Uh, the meaning of the term vaccination. It was supposed to be uh, something that prevented. But, uh, you know, then it, be, uh, then it came out that it supposedly, that it, that, that it doesn't uh, stop the disease, it lessens the severity of it. And, uh, you know, various things were, uh, were, uh, uh, you know, but um, a lot of uh, a lot of sectors, uh, you know, a lot of capitalist uh, countries went along with this hype, so to speak, and pressured working people with threat of loss of employment to get vaccinated, and. Um, you know, and uh, so uh, you know, one of the you know one in addition uh, to the points that were made earlier, I'm concerned about the human cost of this uh, you know uh, campaign in terms of uh, suffering, uh, you know, uh, lives disrupted, uh, you know, and the side effects of taking. Uh, you know, these chemicals that weren't adequately tested, that did not go through the, the vetting process that other vaccines go through. And hey, also... Anthony, can I uh, stop you for one second? Can I yeah. stop you one second, Anthony? You raised me interesting point. You can elaborate on it. And going to school, they always tell you, in order to try to arrive at the truth, that's a scientific method. So they have certain fundamental steps that you must go through. If you miss or skip any one of them, 
you will never be able to arrive at a correct analysis. Now, they came out publicly and said they have not used that particular process. Why are you so willing to buy into this, knowing that, that if you omit any step as part of the scientific method, you're not going to get the truth? Your response. That that is true, and uh, and th- this was not scientific uh, scientifically done. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, fear mongering done uh, by, uh, by 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 the political leadership in some of these capitalist countries, particularly uh, those countries that have uh, have. Powerful, uh, pharma, uh, you know, pharmaceutical lobbies like the U.S., for example, the U.S., Britain, you know, they're the capitalist countries. And so, in addition to eliminating a lot of people, it also represented, uh, you know, uh, uh, an opportunity for some of these uh, corporations to make a lot of money. All for people suffering, and Thank fears. You, brother and not only that, brother Anthony, to the listening panel and the listening world, we also got connected dots. Quite sure, it gave the scientific community a lot of human parts and organs they can sell, they can put on the market, they can experiment with, they can do all kind of things. Because even when those who they claim died. You never had access to your own family bodies. You never could see them again. What became of all these human organs? I don't think they just threw them away. You know, there's a large black market for human organs. The invasion of the bodies natural state created. Is this a myth or a reality? Talk to me, Susan Eleanor. What did you learn from this um, program? Well, one of the things that I think was um, most important was just how divided the nation is over the issue of the pandemic. And clearly the pandemic uh, has impacted over a million uh, people have died, and and every day some uh, 100,000 people are infected, and every month. 24,000 people approximately died. But the reality is is that I myself don't know very much about the vaccine. Uh, There's been so much uh, politicizing of the vaccine and the issues of organ sales, the issue of population control, these have been issues that the United States has been dealing with since the 70s with nonprofits such as zero population growth. And there is a real interest in continuing segment of the population. So we saw uh, the elderly, the disabled, um, we saw African Americans and Native Americans or indigenous people. Uh, have uh, a real struggle with uh, uh, COVID-19 and, and dying in this country. And uh, there's a, a strong feeling that 
some people may have benefited from the vaccine and still came down with the virus, but not as severely as they would have without it. But then we had the drugs that it was being treated with, Redemifier, oh, I'm sorry, right now, um, uh, forgive me, I uh, uh, just can't say the word. I'm, I'm just a little under the weather this evening. Less fear. oh, no, I still didn't get it right. But that in itself, in the treatment of uh, with that drug, I know that um, for three days I lost the use of my arm when it was um, put under my skin versus in the vein. So there's so much confusion around uh, the pandemic, and um, there has been a major loss of lives in the United States, in Brazil, in India, in certain countries, and uh, that uh, speaks to the conditions which Americans live in as Supposedly, it's a country, but then we have housing issues where people live in, quote, subsidized housing, and they lack the independence or the ability to speak out, to act, to research, or have access to information in those environments. We also have the reality of uh, under-representation in the medical community by uh, 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 the diaspora in the community. So we've seen a real change in the quality of care that we receive, and therefore we've, we've not been able to receive truthful and factual information. And this whole thing of organ sales and organ, organ harvesting, that's a real reality. Um, is something that the rich or the affluent or uh, can afford. I have a neighbor that's been on dialysis for six years. I have a, a friend with a, a member of their own family who received a, a transplant in no time. How do we make these decisions in our culture? And uh, we really are being divided. And um, it is true that Biden came down with the with the virus a couple of times, but he's in the age group that was most affected, senior citizens. Uh, he's 70, uh, I believe he's 73 or four years old. So, um, and Fauci is, I believe, in his 80s. So, uh, and these men received the best care and came down with the virus. So definitely the virus in that perspective is in a hoax. And germ warfare has been something that's been discussed and uh, through, through art and culture, through, uh, you know, uh, uh, for some time. And um, definitely human mind is a wonderful thing and creative, but who came up with the idea of turning to the fear? Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Brother Moses, your, thought, your thoughts, Brother Moses? 
Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. Um, the virus, we're talking about the virus, I assume. Um, and it's, it, um, it, it was a historically, um, uh, in, in terms of arriving at information about the virus, there was a historical process. Uh, and, you know, you know, you have to remember there were thousands of people dying and, uh, when, and, uh, this virus was a real problem, uh, relative to what it is today. It's, 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 um, it's, it's a little calmer now. Uh, that's not the data uh, and statistics are saying, Brother Moses. That's not what the data and statistics are saying now. More people are dying now than they were before, but yet more people really? have the shots. How you explain that? Yes. That's the whole point of looking at the, doc, the, the program and looking at what the scientists are saying now. Now they got additional inf- evidence. Even the CDC acknowledged the shit doesn't work now effective. So come on now. This is a trickology game. It's not about confusion. It's about you know, knowing the truth. But um, this is why we're raising it. Well, you I wasn't aware that there are more people like dying today than there were before. Yes. Not only dying, people have all kinds of strange sickness. I mean, and the scientists say it's coming from people taking these shots. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning part of seeing the truth. How do you or why would you give a company Rights to not to identify to make up its vaccine for 75 years. Why would you give companies immunity for anything that may occur wrongfully done to a people? Why would you just tell people it's an experimental vaccine? Do you do experimental vaccine experiments on the whole world? Something I smell it. We're gonna tell it something right, Brother Moses. We thank you for your input, anyway, Brother Moses. I hear you. Brother I hear Haki, you. Brother Haki, Brother Anthony, just a couple of points, and I just like for y'all to speak to it. They also talk about the relationship of Brother Big Farmer to the sports industry, and as you know, our Brother Kyrie Irving from the beginning peeped the game and said it was a trickology and not to take it. And the whole world tried to make it look like he was a fool. He didn't know what he was talking about, i.e. the Steve A. Smiths. You know what I'm saying? What do you say to people like Brother Tyree Irving, Ema Ern Rogers, et cetera? They knew something was wrong with that game, and they won't make it like they were crazy. They were misleading the people. Now the truth is coming out. Respond, Brother Hackey, from that perspective. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I admire uh, Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers for the standard they took. It wasn't an easy standard to take. Uh, one of the things is the, um, the system has a powerful propaganda machine. And so when that lie gets reiterated over and over and over again, it gains credibility. Certainly one of the ways in which propaganda is affected, if you tell a lie, if you tell it over and over and over again, people will believe it. And so, therefore, you know, they have a lot of these athletes making huge sums of money, um, you know, who were told, you know, that if you, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't care for the lie, if you don't take this vaccine, then that access to those huge, uh, the, all that money will be, will be in doubt. 
So clearly there was a strong incentive for athletes to play ball, but certainly it was a strong incentive in terms of these so-called sports an- analysts uh, to play ball because if, you fa- if, if, in fact, if you agree with Kyrie Irving or Irvin Rogers in terms of there's something suspect in terms of, in terms of COVID-19 vaccines, then you run the risk of losing a high-paying job. And, of course, they don't want to do that. But more importantly, I think, Brother Africa, when we talk about the role of propaganda, keep in mind these athletes, these sports analy- uh, analysts, refuse to do the necessary research in terms of understanding what COVID-19 is all about because they didn't want to know. It was in their interest not to know. And so, therefore, you know, so by them disseminating this nonsense, not only do they, 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 they ensure another big paycheck, but they secure longevity on 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 the airwaves because they can be accounted they can be counted upon by by those positions of power that these same individuals will carry forth other lives into the future. Uh, so clearly, uh, you know, so so Kyrie and Aaron was was I mean, listen, that's not the way to put it, brother Africa. The mere fact they took a stand, and you're right, and people were, were I mean, really, uh, I mean, they really, uh, I mean, they really berated them those those two guys in terms of the stand that they took. Uh, as history, as as I said earlier, history ultimately, you know, the truth ultimately uh, uh, arises. And clearly, you know, now that increasingly more and more people begin to understand that we were duped in terms of dissemination of these so-called COVID-19 vaccines. Now that we fundamentally understand that, we have a newfound respect for Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers because they don't have the death jab jab in their bodies. Uh, they are healthy individuals. Kyrie was absolutely correct. We're healthy, we're healthy young men. Why would I want to take a vaccine that's experimental? Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to take vaccines uh, for something that is questionable in terms of whether or not its existence is legitimate? Why would I want to take such a risk? Well, history has uh, has um, has exonerated Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, now, the, now, now the masses of people begin to understand, you know, that uh, listen, simply because your sp- favorite sports personality or your favorite athlete, you know, endorses a particular stand, doesn't make it right. The mere fact that Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers took a stand speaks to not only in terms of, you know, their principles, but also in terms of their willingness to for, to give up, you know, those, those large earnings for that which is clearly right, uh, that which is uh, in line with justice. Uh, so clearly those two, those two brothers got to be commended in terms of the, the stand that they took, and I'm glad that in final analysis they were vindicated in terms of their stand, and hopefully, you know, from the example, more and, pe- more and more people are beginning to look at this question in terms of precisely what is this COVID-19 that they talk so much about. Brother Anthony, have we lost our damn minds? Have we lost our damn minds, Anthony? The same people who have no interest in the African community all of a sudden have a concern of your health and they're going to get something to protect you and save you. That end of itself should tell you something. Talk to me, Brother Anthony. Talk to me. What do you make of that? Uh, well, uh, confusion is one of the weapons of capitalism, among among various other, uh, uh, other weapons they use against us, uh, like... Uh, uh, miseducation, uh, uh, brainwashing, etc. You know, uh, and uh, the fact that now, um, uh, want to make it clear that, that there is 
there, there probably is a disease out there called COVID nineteen. Uh, what it what it what and uh, and uh, a relatively according uh, to uh, uh, to to, uh, to the doctor that spoke in the opening segment of that documentary. Um, it's a relatively small number of people that are susceptible that get it, and uh, you know this. Uh, and this rush to uh, to put experimental drugs and not uh, and and not go through that scientific vetting process that we discussed earlier. That is what some people are objecting to, and some people that took it uh, blindly. Uh, are, are, are still getting uh, some sort of illness. Now, whether that's COVID-19 or some other illness as a result of taking, uh, uh, of taking these vaccines, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, it's it, it, someone in the air. It's someone, uh, there's a lot of confusion about that. And uh, and the stance that those people who re- who refuse to get vaccinated, uh, the capitalist media refused to hear them out, and they had uh, and that the, they had legitimate concerns, uh, particularly people in the scientific community that did not. Uh, fall for the hype. Uh, those were uh, they, they were isolated and silenced. Well, you so know, you got you go finish your point, brother Anthony. Yeah, and so you so 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 you have uh, you know uh, the forces of capitalism, uh, you know, playing uh, uh, playing games with people's lives. And that helps. You know, panelists, I want y'all one minute to respond to this reality in terms of using your own common sense. If you know doctors or go to doctors and they tell you they have not taken the shot, but they tell you they think it's a good idea that you should take it, what in the hell are they saying to you? Starting with you first, Eleanor. Well, in the beginning of the pandemic, um, I um, the drug I was thinking of was remdesivir. Um, I, I uh, it's easy to be deceived. Uh, someone tells you they're an older woman and they're trying to conceive children, so you know they're opting out of taking the vaccine and. And before you know it, they've moved on to another facility out out of the area. Uh, these things are, when you look back on them, they are uh, they can be very perplexing. But uh, that that does, uh, I think it speaks to class, and I think it speaks maybe to race and other things. And uh, 
people with better access to information, to health care, and uh, uh, housing and transportation, clean water, uh, not living near toxic uh, sites and environments, uh, of course, uh, uh, have a better opportunity of surviving something like this. Uh, COVID-19, but those living in very um, uh, crowded conditions and um, uh, subject to... What is something, um, Sister Eleanor? It's frightening. I'll say that. It's frightening. And again, uh, Pfizer's made their money in the United States off of this and continues to make money and be reimbursed for its losses on uh, oxy, the OxyContin drug. But uh, it's a frightening experience. Thank you, my sister. Brother Moses, doctors tell you they haven't taken it. They're not going to take it, but it's good for you to take it. What the hell are they saying to you, Brother Moses? Well, I mean, there were some doctors that said that uh, uh, Dr. Fauci wasn't one of them. Uh, um, um, I, I'm, I'm having problems uh, understanding how the, the situation is worse today than it was before. Uh, uh, so I'm, the, the basic premise is, is, is in question with me. Uh, anyway, I'm going to leave it right there. Thank you, Brother Moses. Brother Anthony, doctors tell you they yeah. are taking it, but it's good for you to take it. How would you respond to that? What are they saying to you, um, Brother Anthony? Uh, it would sound very suspicious to me. And uh, and uh, and uh, something uh, that, 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 that doesn't add up, if people think about it carefully, people that are vaccinated are, are, are coming down with the virus. So, 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 so something that, that, that doesn't add up there. And it seems like, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a shell game of sorts. In uh, because uh, uh, um, the reason of, uh, you take a vaccine is to uh, is to prevent catching a, a particular disease that you're being vaccinated against. Smallpox, for example. But uh, let's see, if you take a vaccine and still come down with the disease anyway, that doesn't add, some, uh, that that doesn't add up. And it definitely doesn't add up if the probability you have a greater chance of catching it by taking the vaccine than not to. That definitely doesn't add up. But thank you, Brother Anthony. Brother Hackey, your response. Doctor tell you they're not taking the shots, but it's good for you to get one. What are they saying to you? Uh, real quickly, let me just correct something. I think it's important that I correct the record, the historical record. Keep in mind that in 2015, the Food and Drug Administration validated messenger RNA. So there's a notion that they didn't go through the process in terms of uh, 
terms of establishing this, the protocol for this vaccine uh, is, a, is a misnomer. They did, in fact, go through the process. That is the problem. Uh, so when we talk about this messenger RNA, the thing we have to understand, essentially what they're talking about is a molecular structure, which, is, which artificially uh, aligns with genetic material to make it easier for that virus or that vaccine to go through the cell to, to attack so-called COVID-19. So let's be very, very clear on that point. So it was validated back in 2015, five years before the establishment of, of COVID-19 uh, virus. Uh, when they ask you a question about Africa, you know, um, you know, the whole thing is that, you know, um, you know, if, if your doctor doesn't take it, as a matter of fact, my doctor doesn't, doesn't take it. <laughs> and so he's, he's under pressure, you know, he refused to take it and he threatened to resign if they compelled him to take it. But uh, his, his job is to convince me to take it. And I said, no, I can't do that, my, my friend. I can't do that. Uh, that's just too much about the, the so-called virus, too much about the vaccine that is questionable. I can't do it. Uh, I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, so when they tell you that you take it, but we don't, they're telling you there's something fundamentally wrong with that vaccine. So if you take it, it's on you. The doctors are telling you there's something fundamentally wrong with the vaccine based upon their actions. So there's no way getting around that. So clearly, if your doctor doesn't take it, why the hell would you take it? And I close with that. And on that note, you listen to Africa on the Move. We're going to take a rough culture break, and when we come back, we can come back with our closing thoughts for tonight as it relates to trichology and the virus game. This is Brother Africa, and you are listening to Africa on the Move. If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, you can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. They live in other countries, their freedom almost gone. Palestine Palestine. needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. There seems to be no answer. To give us the reason why people cannot live so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth, take a stand for justice. That's what we've got to do, because Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. People of all countries, of every race, and creed 
We need a new beginning. Let us plant the seed. Plant the seed of love and let that love seed grow. Plant the seed for everyone so all the world will know that Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom, needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. Up. That's like his real name, Loki. Loki is not his real name, surprisingly enough. It's an important line there. I'm all about peace and love. Yeah. Okay. They're calling him a terrorist. Him a terrorist. Okay. One nation in the world has over a thousand military bases. Can you guess who? It's. Um, uh, let me give you a hint. Cutter. It is not Luxembourg. It's not just Muslims that. Have that oppose your imperialism. He's going to tell you who it is. Lumumba was democracy. Lumumba was democracy. Allende. There you go. Okay, so so this is the rapper. All right, that mm-hmm. is music. Bust a beat for me. Right? All right, sure. After you divorce yourself from the right wing propaganda campaign, it's all simple and plain. America can stand the game. Your president got an African name. Now who you gon' blame when they drop the bombs out of them planes using depleted uranium? Babies looking like two-headed aliens. Follow the money trail that leads to the criminal. Ain't nothing subliminal to it. That's how they do it. See the game they run. Give a fuck who's cunning, articulate and handsome. Afghanistan held for ransom by the hand of this black man, neo-colonial puppet, white power with a black face. He said, fuck it, I'll do it. A master of the skies, expert at telling lies. Then they gave him a Nobel Peace Prize. Should have known he was trained in Chicago. Where the chairman Fred and Mark Clark, what they do in the dark will come out in the light like a WikiLeaks site. So I guess the crew was right. Who's ready to fight? Last stage of imperialism, I ain't kidding. In the immortal words of Marvin Gaye, this ain't living.
Obama didn't say shit. What's the bigger threat from a Osama or from Obama? Military bases from Chagos to Okinawa. I say things that other rappers won't say. Cause my mind never closed like Guantanamo Bay. Hope you didn't feel the statue or tattoo your arm. Cause the drones are still flying over crash through the sun. Did he defend the war? No. He extended more. Even had the time to attempt to crew in Ecuador. Morales and Chavez. The states are on the hunt for your military now stationed on bases in Colombia. Take a trip to the past and tell them I was right. Ask Ali Abu Nima and Jeremiah Wright. Jones over Pakistan, Yemen and Libya. Is Obama the bomber getting ready for Syria? First black president, the masses were hungry. But the same president just bombed an African country like... The Jonas Brothers are here. They're out there somewhere. Sasha and Malia are huge fans. But uh, boys don't get any ideas. I have two words for you. Predator drones. You will never see it coming. You think I'm joking? His real name, Loki. We're going to make our closing remarks at this particular time. But before we make our closing remarks, in reference to the last song, Obama Nation, Obama ain't say shit, I don't agree with that assessment. I think if you look at his policy, he said a lot. And one of the statements that were clear based on his policies was that it was not for Africa and African people. Let's let history be the basis of reward our research, according to Brother Malcolm. So, panelists, today at this point in time, we would like each one of y'all, one, two minutes, give us your final thoughts for the night. We start off with Brother Moses. Your final thoughts for the night, Brother Moses. Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. Um, um, we're in an information wars type situation. Uh, um, facts and figures and and uh, um, what is the truth is in question. Uh, um, everybody's got their experts and uh, and uh, people they rely on, uh, and so you know this. this it's like the Trump. Trump and his big lie. Um, um, we we are just we we ideologically um, um, in a struggle, and um, the truth will prevail eventually. I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses, for your contribution to today's program, 
And we go to our sister Eleanor, your final thoughts, sister Eleanor. I concur with uh, Brother Robert, and these are very dangerous times that we live in. And that was, um, it, it is a real phenomenon that so many doctors and medical professionals refuse to take the vaccine. But the lowly working class, we uh, were inoculated. And we were also those that were infected. Remdesivir and all these experimental drugs, it all makes sense in retrospect, but this talks about how important organization is and how important educating ourselves and our community is so that we'll be prepared for things. And I don't think this is the first, the last of the pandemics. So I think it's time that we develop the tools to educate ourselves and the public so that we can make better decisions in the future. And uh, again, there were eight African countries that wished to produce the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines themselves that were denied the opportunity. And the U.S. restricted Cuba's access to um, hypodermic needles to inoculate their population with the vaccine that Cuba had developed um, and admitted was an, an experimental um, process. But no one was denied the opportunity to act in Cuba as they were in the United States, that by law we cannot take action against Pfizer. Australia, as we understand is now having to pay its citizens for the crises of uh, the inoculation and impact it had on some individuals. Uh, with that in mind, I just like to thank you, uh, Brother Africa, fellow panelists, for a very educational and informative show, and wish you a safe week and look forward to seeing you next week good night and sister eleanor like always we'd like to thank you for your contribution to today's program next we move to brother anthony and brother anthony before you make your final thoughts will you please share a little bit about the upcoming Nkrumah day seminar by the all african people's revolutionary party gc brother anthony certainly uh thank you for uh for bringing that up uh let's see the all african people's revolutionary party gc is organizing our annual kwame and kuma day commemoration uh sunday september 18th at 12 p.m eastern time uh that'll be two weeks from today and our theme is Pan-Africanism must be the primary objective of African revolutionaries worldwide. And the reason for that is because Pan-Africanism's, Pan-Africanism will solve the problems that Africans worldwide face, like the ones, uh, the ones we discussed tonight. And uh, for more information and to register uh, for this uh, 
webinar, please visit our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org, for more information and to register. And also, you can find out more information about the history and development of uh, Pan-Africanism and the history of our party. Uh, also, my final thought for, thought for tonight is that we must uh, politically educate ourselves and get better organized so that uh, so that we won't continue to be misled by uh, by the forces of uh, imperialism like this in the future. Thank you, Brother Anthony and Brother Haki. Before you make your final thoughts for tonight, we also would like for you to talk a little bit about the upcoming feeder ride by the African Awareness Association from January the 23rd to the 30th, 2023. For those who never been to Africa, and we talk, I mean, never been to Cuba, and we were just talking about the importance of Cuba and this misnomer of putting them on the terrorist. We actually come and see Cuba for yourself, but Brother Haki. Um, you can talk a little bit why that's important, and they can contact the African Awareness Association by emailing them at africanawarenessassociation2 at gmail.com. Brother Hacker, your thoughts on why it's important to go to Cuba, and then you'll find the thoughts. Well, I, I think, you know, um, the reasons for going to Cuba are pretty obvious. Uh, when we look at the, the economic dislocation that's sweeping the society, Inevitably, we have to ask ourselves the question, what's, what is going to become of humanity? Uh, Cuba has a solution in terms of resolving that, that problem. Of course, in America, the, the solution to the problem is simply to eliminate large numbers of people. Cuba, on the other hand, has a more humanitarian view in terms of resolving problems that are confronted with particular economic problems, and that is to provide what resources you have to, the, to, the, to disseminate those resources to the masses of people to ensure things like food, housing, shelter, uh, education, no things sort of afforded to the masses of people, irrespective of, of, of their class standing. So clearly, we can learn a lot from Cuba in terms of its, its, uh, its, its, its very, very vehement stand in terms of the rights of humanity. Uh, one of the things we talk about when we contrast it with in terms of what's happening in America, we look at in terms of kind of ruthlessness, the kind of individualism, the kind of selfishness that pervades the society then we understand that those kind of value systems can only uh, 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 proceed in a very negative kind of way. In that context, when we talk about destruction, we talk about, um, you know, pitting groups against one another, uh, working class people against one another, those that kind of things become a reality, particularly when you've got those kind of value systems which sort of reinforces the kind of brutishness, the kind of ruthlessness that capitalism entails. So Cuba is the exact opposite, and because Cuba stands for humanity, the examples that we can learn from Cuba, we can bring back here to the United States to implement right here in the United States. So when we talk about, for instance, the Committee for the Defense of the Revolution in terms of how it operates on the community level, we can bring that back to the U.S. in terms of establishing uh, a similar kind of structure, you know, in terms of organizing our communities. Because the question of organization is very, very key. So when we talk about the dissolution or the decline of, the, of, of capitalism, and we talk about the particular, the horrifying implications of the decline of capitalism, then we got to understand as an oppressed nationality, those evils are going to disproportionately impact us. And so if we don't have the economic structures or the institutions in place, 
to to deal with it first to understand what's going on and to actually rebuff or to deal with those situations, then we find ourselves at, 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 at we find ourselves in a very uh, precarious situation. So clearly, Cuba has a lot to offer us. So we go to Cuba to learn, and we encourage people first and foremost, you know, to go to Cuba, ask questions, engage with the people, you know, ask them, you know, in terms of their views of things, you know, to learn as much as possible to observe. You know, to committed for the defense of the of the revolution, uh, and bring those things back home for the empowerment of you know of oppressed people right here in America. So Cuba has a lot to say, and of course, we have a lot to learn from Cuba. Now, my 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 final statement. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be very brief, Brother Africa. But anyway, recently there was a re- report um, that was that was uh, that was finalized that talked about civil unrest throughout the world. Now, one of the factors contributing to civil unrest out the world is inflation. It's inflation. And interestingly enough, the article talks about the fact that inflation in most of the world averages around 6%, where in the U.S., inflation is close to 9%. And that's very interesting in terms of the precursor, in terms of, you know, over, in terms of the potential for uh, uh, devastation in a society, and particularly as a negative impact on the lives of people in America. So when we talk about you know the civil unrest, we got to understand that this is essentially we can't we can't evade that when we talk about in terms of how capitalism works in the context of American society. Also, one of the things, Brother Africa, you know, when we talk about you know uh, social un- civil unrest, uh, one of the things the question everywhere arises, you know, what you know what role does economic policy play in civil unrest? Well, to give you an example, uh, let me go back to 2008 through the subprime debacle. Now, between January, January and October 2008, U.S. corporations lost $8 trillion in value, while assets like homes, land, stocks declined in value from $20 trillion to $12 trillion. This economic loss was a direct result of overvalued stocks and economic schemes to pump up value of assets like homes, whereby non-fixed-rate mortgages would increase monthly. Uh, eventually, homeowners were forced out of their properties or their properties were abandoned. The shock to the economic, uh, economy compared government to address re- the recession created by spending $831 billion on American Recovery and Reinvestment Act to create jobs, over $700 billion to $1 trillion under the Economic Stability Act to buy toxic access, ac- assets from businesses. The, the bottom line is that all this government spending uh, did nothing in terms of alleviating unemployment, homelessness, and lack of quality education in America. Uh, clearly, only the top one-tenth one percent of the population, population benefited. Uh, so given that backdrop, the thing that we have to understand that in American policy, particularly economic policy, is never geared toward the, uh, the, uh, the benefit of the, of the masses in the entirety. And the question becomes, why is it that U.S. Foreign, US policy is never geared toward the benefit of the, ma- of the majority of its people? Again, it goes back to in terms of the constitutional uh, tenets, which state that America, be the republic, has no obligation to take care of the masses of people or to fit or to, to, to share its resources with the masses of people. In a republic, the, the people in power, those who, have, those who have the wealth, the system is designed to facilitate more wealth for them, not for the masses of people. Understand that. We understand the precarious nature that we are as a people, uh, you know, as working people in the society, and as such, we have to understand, you know, that, you know, we have to understand what's going on. We don't have to be a lecture in terms of turning, looking the other way and pretending everything's okay. As always, Brother Africa, I encourage people to unravel the matrix because that is key. If we don't understand the economic reality in terms of what's going on in society, then we, we do so at our, at our own peril. 
And one of the things that when we talk about the kind of insensitivity or the indifference to human life, we have to understand that capitalism, capitalism is in, in, in fact uh, imbued with those kind of with those kind of with those kind for lack of a better term, those kind of attributes, those kind of variables. And because it's imbued with those kind of very destructive kind of attributes or, or variables, then life has no consequence. It has no real meaning. So in that context. We have no other recourse but to pick a stand, prepare for whatever come up, and be prepared to to rebuff it or, or defend ourselves against whatever comes come at us down the road. So, with the heaven said that, brother Africa, you have a good night. We'll see you next week. You do the same, brother Haki. We thank you, Anthony, brother Moses, and Eleanor, and all of our supporters and listeners for tuning in tonight to Africa on the Move as we discuss trickology. In the values game, we'd like to remind you of you know the message that the indigenous people taught us about capitalism. It says that it doesn't last summertime; it lasts all the time. It will constantly tell you lies to how you believe that it's the truth. You must remember that. And they say in the community, if you trick me the first time, shame on you. But if they trick you again using the same tricks the second time, shame on you. Don't get tricked in the future about participating in these so-called shots because it's part of the trickology. So until next time, remember to join us on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S., where we will try to bring you information that you can use, not only as a tool for liberation, but information so you can think more clearly. And we encourage you to join the organization because only through being organized that you will be able to defeat the enemy. So until next time, like always, let's strive to go forward Apple and backwards Apple. And we too, our homeland Africa, is where our heart lies. We'll see you next week.
before the shit start. Before it get dark, before they hit you with the pitchfork. Better crib walk, crib walk. This is real talk. Smoke push and push, then we peel off. Niggas still rolling with the wheels off. Always looking out for the crisscross. I'm a bigger boss than Rick Ross. Always winning, nigga get lost. It's the warlord, bring the voodoo. When I bail through, it's crazy like Bellevue. What they tell you, that leave that boy alone, like home alone. Yeah. Fuck a skull and bone, arrest the president. You got the evidence, that nigga is Russian intelligence. When it rains, it pours. Did you know the new white was orange? Boy, you're showing your horns. They trying to replace my halo with thorns. You so basic with your bait stick. Let's go ape shit in the matrix. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I took back my eyes and all black tonight. That's right, some niggas gotta sacrifice. Not a criminal. No, I'm a seminal. Yeah. I was free once. Now I'm clinical. You so technical. This was Mexico. Now everywhere I go is owned by Mexico. Fuck them. Fuck them and the rest of you. Yeah. I turn a phone to a bat hopper. I'ma roll with the aliens. Man, fuck these homo sapiens. They don't really want to make friends. All they want is a Mercedes Benz. All they want is they dividends and decibels. Fuck these citizens. They'll treat us like hooligans. Throw him in. They don't care what school he in. These people don't play fair. It ain't even fair at the state fair. Give a young nigga gray hair. That's why I'm here. Make your ass lay there. You better stay there. Close your fucking eyes like a daycare. Make myself clear than Shakespeare. I'm here to take money, even fake hair. So desperate is what I'm left with. For the record, you affected. Who you elected is so septic, so full of shit. I can't accept it. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I reside on the west side. I murder with my third eye. Nigga so fly, get a bird's eye. I make them scream bloody murder. Let's meet at the White House. Run in and turn the lights out. Man, they treat it like a trap house. These motherfuckers never take the trash out. They just cash out and mash out. Nigga, take your drugs and pass out. Niggas love to go that fast route. I see you when your black ass get out. Homie, you play too much. Why these devils, they doing way too much. Most of them won't say too much. Why they steady planning? God knows what. That's why I roll with the real ones. Real ones, trying to reach millions. Real ones, trying to make billions. Real ones, dressed like civilians. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president.